You're listening to the Unbreakable Moms podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Page. In each episode, I share an interview with a different expert who have tips, insights, and words of wisdom for moms with daughters, ages preteen through young adult. In this episode, I'm speaking with Carrie Hamilton, a child and family therapist in Olympia, Washington, about sexting, or what our kids are calling sending nudes. You'll want to listen as Carrie shares with us when and how we should be having this important discussion with our daughters. And you may be surprised at how young we need to start. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. I have with me a wonderful guest, as I always happen to have the privilege of having on this um, show. It's just wonderful guest. And today I have Carrie Hamilton. Carrie is a um, licensed therapist. She actually has her master's in marriage and family therapy. She's a play therapist. Um, she's certified in CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, and just a whole host of other um, certifications. And her most recent, I know, is the Daring Way certification um, based on the work of Brene Brown. So if any of the moms listening or watching are Brene Brown fans like I am, you know, I'm, I'm going to have Carrie touch a little bit about that too. But Carrie, why don't you um, tell everybody a little bit more about the work you do, where you're located, and, and things like that. Okay. Well, I'm Carrie Hamilton, and I'm in Olympia, Washington, and I'm a, I'm a group owner of a private practice called Olympia Therapy. I'm also the director of play therapy at Antioch University, and I'm founder and co-founder and owner of PlayfulWisdom.net, which is a parenting platform online that allows for parents to be able to access um, information from a mental health perspective or a mental wellness perspective is really the focus of that um, genre, so... Okay, awesome. And for everybody that's listening and watching here, you know, I asked Carrie to come on here and speak specifically about the topic of sexting. Um, the group that I happen to run, the online group, that's come up as a topic several times. And, you know, moms of teenagers and pre-teenagers, they're discovering these things on their phone. And the automatic reaction that I'm getting from the moms is, how do I monitor my kids' phones? And, you know, how do I then tell them, don't do this, this is bad? You know, there's just, there's so much panic and reaction when the moms discover this. And I'm, you know, I'm turning to people like, like Carrie, who really has an air, this is an area of expertise, an area of interest of her to kind of lead us and give us some insights and tips of what we need to do as moms when we discover this on our kids' phones, that they're participating in this, either willingly or against their will. So uh -huh. what can you share with us, Carrie? Well, I find that most often sexing, particularly for girls, is a peer pressure thing, right? It's trying to meet expectations of um, their peers that are one, that are sexually interested in them and then not knowing what to do. And it's a form of um, social pressure and bullying often. And so a big piece is to understand that it's a form of bullying because of the topic of sex and that it's sexting and images, it tends to elicit a fear response from us parents, which is very scary, um, I understand. And it's the exact moment in which our teens really need to know um, that we're there for them and that we could have empathy and compassion for them. Um, and at the same time, try and be a guide for them 
So the biggest goal for parents is not to freak out, right? To not have that emotional reaction. Or if you do, have it in private, go in public, go have it with a friend, go freak out, go have that emotional response, and then rein yourself back in and be able to come to your child in a way that supports them in providing information to you versus you telling them everything, right? Because it's all about how can we promote self-empowerment for girls in particular who are really struggling to have a voice and to know what to do with that voice when they have it. So I often talk to parents about um, when you find sexting images or um, information that you can tell is going in the wrong direction, our first instinct is to ask, what are you doing? What's going on? Who is this person? Like it's asked 20 questions, right? Mm -hmm. The better option would be to say, so I kind of noticed or I found, can you tell me about what might be going on here? To use more open-ended language that's not accusatory by not making it a question. It doesn't elicit a fear response from the child. They're already terrified if you come to them because they know and parents walk in the, the room, the room, you know, whatever. It's like, so I'm kind of wondering, they already know what's up. They almost always start vomiting whatever it is that they just knew that they had done wrong, right? Um, and so the goal is to say, hey, I want to have a conversation with you about how to keep yourself safe, how to um, make sure that you understand the digital tale that we live out there, the digital um, repertoire and um, story that we leave online is forever there, right? Whether it's in pictures, even if we think everything's private, it's not private. So how can we start having a dialogue with our teens about what that looks like? And believe it or not, most teens are pretty savvy and are doing um, a really good job of navigating it to some extent. We just have to impart what's our, what's our values, what's our morals, what's our expectations, and what's the law in each state that we have, because each state has different laws around sexting. Well. And I think that's interesting that you mention um, having the approach of safety. So is that really kind of like the opening way, gateway of conversation then? Um, that, you know, once as a mom, you discover this on your kid's phone, you know, to have that conversation and say, I couldn't help but notice. Um, and, you know, are you aware of, you know, the safety implications or what this means? Just for really having that approach as opposed to, like you said, the, the accusatory um, one way you're listen to me, I'm the mom, <laughs> you follow my right. predictions. <laughs> Yeah, I find that um, approaching it with safety, approaching it with concern, because it's really, they know our job as parents is to care for them and to be their guides. And so it's approaching it from the section of either we haven't talked about this and now we need to talk about it, or we need to talk about this in advance, which is always my go-to for parents, is try and have these conversations way in advance, even earlier than you think. As soon as they have access to, to technology and can Google and have their own iPads and tablets, you need to start having conversations about how to be safe or have safety online and what that looks like. And part of that is people eliciting or sending things that are inappropriate to you, as well as what do you do when you're pressured to send something of your own and what does that look like and how do we play with that? Because that is part of the, the peer pressure dynamic that's present in our world today for our teens. So what do you advise, you know, suppose, you know, a child is or a teenager is open enough and has that relationship with their parents that they do approach them and say, this is what's going on. They want me to send these types of images and participate in this. I don't want to do that. How do they, how would you as a parent respond to that so that the kid can stand up but not feel that they're, you know, being, I guess, what I'll call a prude. I don't know what the current generation's term is. <laughs> yeah. But nobody wants to be left out and ostracized and, right. you know, kids made, making fun of them. You want to fit in. Yeah, exactly. It's how do we do that, right? A big portion of that is to say, 
well, I, I come from the, the viewpoint of I want them to be empowered and have a voice and to know, to be able to speak their mind, whatever that may be, regardless of someone else's opinion of them, um, which is also a big part of the Daring Way platform as well, is how can you be authentic to yourself and have a voice and know what's happening. Um, and so what I tell teens who come to me, and oftentimes they come to me and then we bring the parents in, right? So this is a mutual conversation that often has happened in my practice, where they're stuck in a situation. They want to talk to their parents, but they're they're not necessarily afraid of their parents' response. They just don't know what's gonna happen, right? There's fear in what is going to happen, right? And so, um, encouraging parents to understand one to promote a positive energy around the fact that you came to me. I'm so proud of you for coming to me. This is a really hard new area that. Um, everybody's trying to figure out so let's figure it out together um, and then also sitting down and saying well is this how do you want to be portrayed what's the risks involved right helping them kind of rule out the pros and cons of what the situation is because they're likely coming from a reactionary state as well hmm. and so we want them to be logical right we want them to get out of those strong emotions and to get into their logic brains which means we have to be calm we got to mirror that calm or they're not going to be calm right so once they're once we're trying to be calm and we're having that conversation is to say well let's talk about what this looks like is this a guy you really like is this guy respecting you if he's doing this um guy or girl are they respecting each other is there a movement in which um are they wanting to move forward with them maybe it's their boyfriend or girlfriend that is texting them these images and that, that's too far ahead of what they want to be doing and having that conversation with them as to what their personal expectations are and then from there helping them create a dialogue Usually it's going to be in text form because that's how they're commuting or even a Snapchat. Um, I've done Snapchats before saying, hey, I'm mom. Um, this, is, this is how I feel about this thing that just happened. And I'm kind of wondering what this really means as far as respect and responsibility. Um, and I really make sure that parents and teens know what the laws are. I'm not sure where all the laws are different in different states. But in Washington State, um, over at the age of 13, um, teenagers have privilege and rights. And so we have to ask permission to talk for their parents. Um, they can come to counseling without being asked or without asking their parents. So there's a lot of different things in different states. So knowing what that is, but ultimately saying, if, hey, I need you to know that if you do these things, if there's images, um, if there's talk about rendezvous or there's talk about um, illicit um, solicitations, that those are all things that potentially have legal consequences to them. And the law has not caught up with our current functioning digital world. And the teens often don't know what those risks are. So parents knowing what the risks are, but also parents not jumping the gun. Our job is to inform and educate because they don't know either. If we didn't know, the teens certainly don't know. So helping them understand what that is. So helping them talk about how they deem respect and what that looks like. Um, having conversation about what the law and legalities are, and then not being afraid to reach out to said person who's doing it and being like, hey, how is this demonstrating who you want to be as a person? Is this the type of person you want to be? Um, I think kids are not, it's always been that kids are terrified to have their parents talk to, right, the other, but I think in a digital format, a lot of good conversations can happen by texting or snapping and communicating with them in the way that they communicate. If they know that parents are involved and active, then they're much more likely to act respectively respectively respectfully to each other as well as to us because who are they going to want to come to your house the next you know is boyfriend want to want to come to your house after you just snapchatted hey please stop sending um these pictures because this is not appropriate and it's disrespectful that's going to impact their relationship so what does that look like right and then having a conversation with your child about um if people are making fun of them their peers are struggling with oh well you didn't do it you're such this or that 
Um, I don't know the current lingo because it changes all the time and it's different across the country. So I'm not going to put a word out there. Um, <laughs> but to say, hey, if um, how are you going to talk about this with your peers? It's to say, I wasn't feeling respected. That's not something I want to be involved in. I don't want those pictures out there 50 years from now. I don't want my boss to be able to find those pictures. I don't want any of those things to happen. We hear about it all the time where private pictures are put out there without people's permission. The only way that cannot happen is if you don't do it. You don't got control once you let go of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's such a key part of it is that those pictures stay around in cyberspace for, you know, forever. And I, I like what you also said about um, knowing the laws in your state and where you live, because they're all different. And then approaching that conversation from facts as opposed to a threat. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I know it went, as, as a mom, you know, I get very much into the reactionary mode mm -hmm. and I'll use stuff like that as, as a threat and saying, you better do this. You're, do you want to go to jail? Do you want to be arrested? As opposed to the laws have not caught up with the digital age. Yep. And so this is how it's looked at. And in our state, this is what happens. Um, I think that's a, an, a really important conversation and information to pass on to our kids so that they're aware. And like you said before, you know, so that as parents, we're aware of what mm -hmm. are the legalities around it? How could our own child be imp um, mm -hmm. implicated in, in this type of situation, even from the reversed aspect? Um, you know, if somebody's saying, oh, this person sent, you know, I mean, your daughter sent, you know, these images to, you know, my child and mm -hmm. he or she did not want them, you know, that then becomes a he said, she said thing. So yeah. again, I think I really um, appreciate those points that you made about just don't even start getting involved in any of it. Just, you know, put out the message, very hardcore stop. Um, just saying, I feel disrespected. I'm not interested. Yeah. And I think be responsible for the choices that you make. Like it's okay to be, it's okay to say, respect me. It's okay to say um, um, that I'm a worthy person and that I'm not going to degrade myself or follow along everybody else's path um, in that way. I think that's so let me ask you a question then. I mean, you talk a, a little bit about having the parents become involved in speaking directly to the person on the other side of the, the images um, mm -hmm. as opposed to your own child. Do you, at what point do you recommend that the, the parent really step in and do that? Or do you really just try to give your own child and teen that, um, that power and responsibility for what's going on in their actions and how they would respond? I always primarily start with the own, your own child, right? How do you teach your own child to be responsible for the behaviors, responsible for how they um, understand what's going on? And providing education before all else, right? Like I give them the opportunity, provide them the education, which is why it's good to have these conversations as soon as possible, right? So they can refer back, hey, remember when we had that conversation last summer about being digitally responsible and what those look like? Well, I know that, you know, passing nudes, nudes is the term that they use for sexting. Um, you know, pass, um, I got, you know, six nudes today or send me a nude is the reference point for parents to understand that that's what that's being asked for as, as images in that way. Um, is to say, how are you going to be responsible in handling yourself when this does happen? Because inevitably it's going to happen. In my clinic, when we talk to teenagers and we just provide them the basic education, hey, you need to know what the laws are in Washington state, because for us, it's only 36 months difference in age and they can be charged with a felony. So it's not in, that's like within high school years, right? Like yeah. a freshman to a senior. And 
it doesn't matter whoever is the eldest will be the one that's charged regardless if they were the ones that received it they're still going to be the if they didn't even send it but they received it they're the ones who are going to be charged in our state so that's why it's so important because when I talk to the teens, they're like, well, then everybody in high school would go to jail. I'm like, exactly. That's why the law hasn't caught up yet. But that doesn't mean that you can't be um, ignorant of what the laws are and understanding the impact that it really does have on what that looks like, um, for sure. So let me ask you this question, because I know a lot of our listeners have, um, the moms have younger children. You talk about having the conversation as soon as possible, as soon as a child is able to have access to the internet in some way, shape or form. So obviously that conversation is going to be very different um, because mm -hmm. the child's capacity to understand and comprehend is so different. How do we as a, as a mom, as a parent, initiate that conversation? What are the words that we use to help them understand what's appropriate and what's not appropriate? Yeah. Um, well, I think my daughter is nine and I've already had, there's a great book by Julia Cook called The Digital Tale. And it really talks about how um, it covers a lot of different areas of content when it comes to digital, like putting your real name out there, how many, you know, um, um, what are those called? I wanted to call it gamer tags, but they're not gamer tags. Um, how many profiles do you have on what social media? When do you start social media? What's that going to look like? The digital tailbook really breaks you through each one of those topics about um, kind of the old school, don't show your private information, what's considered private in your family, you know, is your address private, your email private, what are those things, um, as well as then um, it walks through several different scenarios of what kind of images do you want and what kind of damages do you want on your digital tail? If you imagine like a dragon tail that you've got behind you, you can have gifts and presents that are beautiful things that are lovely things that you put out into the world. And then there's also the marks and damages, but I, both of them are visible and both of them are real. And how do you handle both of those things? So for younger children, I really start to have that conversation then because it just keeps them digitally safe um, from the get go. So I've read that book to my daughter already and she had lots of curiosity around it, lots, asked lots of questions, questions that were much more mature than I was expecting her to have, which is one reason that I'm always promoting the younger, the better, because they are growing up in this digital world. They have no reference to what other like we do. So for them, they don't have the same inhibitions that we do. Okay. Um, and so they just are free because this is just how people talk. People just talk text to each other. People just video each other. People just YouTube, like that's just what they do. Mm -hmm. So helping them understand that it, it's, there's a, uh, a novelty and a fake part of what that looks like, that that's not really what people look like and what you put out to the world um, is, what other people put out to the world is also probably not their real life. It's probably an imaginary life that they're wishing and wanting everybody to know about. So I start having that conversation nine ten, 10. Um, around in my 11, 12, as soon as or before they're gonna have menstruation, when, as soon as you start talking about having their period and their menstruation, so that's gonna be different for different people. Um, whenever that conversation comes up, that's when you should have, start having the conversation about sex and the topic of sex in general as a health recognition, right? Like this is just what health is, this is what our body parts are, this is what our body parts do, this is what sex is, because they already know, because they can easily Google and half the Google sites if they're not well-protected sites will pop up porn images anyway. So the likelihood of your child already having experienced it and gone, oh my gosh, and clicked off of it as quick as possible, likely has happened by 10 or 11. So helping them understand, and again, keeping it fact-based, just keeping it simple, 
facts. This is what this is. Um, you could, as families, you can always reference is, as a family, our morals and values are X, Y, Z. This is what we believe. This is what we would hope that you would want to follow. Um, so that a child has some guidelines to know because they're gonna risk, they're gonna try different things out, but they need to understand what your expectations and values are and who, how, when should they come to you? When should they talk to you about certain things? Um, that's all part of that, having a conversation around digital and sexting and talking about sex. Um, we do know that the predators are so savvy on, if they're on Xbox or PlayStation or any platform in which they're connected to the internet, um, the uh, grooming behaviors that happen and the friendship behaviors that happens, that's one of the things that the digital tale talks about too, is you don't know if that's really an adult or a child on the other side. So you need to always be cautious and careful because until you can meet them one-to-one, -one, you don't really know who they are, right? And so having those conversations is really important. So let me ask this book that you're recommending, um, The Digital Tale, is it a children's book? Is it a, a, a book for parents? I mean, you said you were reading it to your nine-year-old mm -hmm. daughter, so now I'm confused. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a child's book, but it gives parents, um, it's CBT-oriented. All of Julia Cook's books are CBT-oriented, so it gives you kind of education and reference points. In the back, it's got tips for parents on what to follow and how to talk about it and all of those different things. Um, and so it's for kids. It's for parents to read with their kids so that you're having an open conversation. We all know as professionals, we often do bibliotherapy. We read books with kids to help them understand concepts because stories is the way that we understand our world, right? And so by reading a story with your child, it externalizes it for them. It says it's not just you. It's not the parent being condemning or making stuff up. It's all in black and white. Other kids can read this book. So it really helps to help them understand what that looks like. And in the back, it does have great resources available for parents as well. Oh, that's great. I'm going to go check out that book for my, myself and I'll, I'll share a link with everybody else also that they can um, find that book and with, the, with mm -hmm. the author too. That sounds like a good book <laughs> for everybody to really become aware of. Um, but that was so many good pieces of information <laughs> there for the whole range of ages, you know, the, the teenager who's really deep and thick of it to the, to the younger child that hasn't been quite exposed to it yet, but is coming to that to that point. Um, but just, I think the bottom line is, as you've shared, is for parents and moms to just start having that open conversation about what it is, approach it from that safety perspective and the facts of the laws in the state that you live in. Um, and just so that the, the, the child can be empowered as to what the next steps are to take after that point. But before we go, I do have a quick question because this question comes up so much um, in our mom's group is what about those apps that are out there to protect our, ch our children like Disney circle or, yeah. you know, some of the hour pact, I think is another one that's out there. Yeah. How useful are they for, you know, things like this situations like this, when we're talking about sending yeah. news and sexting. I think the younger, they're good. Disney Circle, even Google Family has a new one out. Apple's new software has one out. Android has one. Um, there's all these different ways in which you can protect your child from content. But what you have to understand is you can't stop the content coming from the child's phone on the bus next door who's sitting next to them, right? We don't get to control that content. We don't get to control what's happening over there. So it's a twofold question, right? Is how can you make sure... Um, some content is limited based on age appropriate content, right? And that goes from rated movies to, you know, rated R movies to TV games to apps that are appropriate, right? 
as well as then having those conversations with your child about how do you keep yourself safe? You can't ever not remember what you see. When you see things, they leave an image in your brain and you don't get to take that out. So what kind of images do you want to have in your brain? That young talk, right? But also as the children get older, we have to allow them to have some freedom. I know parents is the scariest thing ever to lose control <laughs> or to even let some control out there. But if you've created a dialogue from what you're talking about and being open, you can limit all you want. But as soon as you start to limit stuff, particularly if they're over 14, 15, um, they'll it, it creates a taboo moment so that as soon as we make something taboo, that means they go for it. They make it even stronger. They like seek it out, right? So instead have conversations. And I tend to move the conversation to, um, because most phones have this now on tablets, they have um, like a screen time usage and what apps you're using the most often. All of our electronics have those things now. And I sit down um, on a weekly basis, even with my kids right now, because they fight me about YouTube time or this app time or Minecraft or whatever. Because I sit down, like, let's look how much time you lose this week on which apps. Like looking at the screen time of how much time, again, keeping it fact-based, right? Like, look, you've been on Instagram 30 hours this week. Is that really what you want to like? Is that really where you want to be? Um, or you were on YouTube for 15 hours. You add school in there. How many hours of the week are you really playing being um, on a digital platform? So it's not only digital safety, it's paying attention to how we be in a digital world and have a healthy balance. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you make something taboo, they're going to go for it. So have open, open, open conversations. Um, I do agree with tracking their phones at times, particularly if a kid has lacked um, or has done behaviors that trust cannot be earned or you've got concern. Um, it's okay, I think, to say, but to let kids know. Your phone has um, my iPhone on it. I could track you wherever you are. Let them know. That doesn't mean that they're not going to find ways around it. You have to know that. They're going to take risks. That's okay. We just want to take moderated risks. That's what we can try and do. Um, and so limiting the younger would be the goal. I like Disney Circle, Google Family, RPACT. I use RPACT because I can literally turn off all devices from my phone, which I really like because I can just turn it off. And then I, we, we wait for the drops to happen because we can hear the feet hit the ground or the books fall when we know that the, app, the apps have gone off. Um, and so, but that's one way of, again, having that conversation. You chose not to listen to me calling for you. You chose to override your timer. You chose to do these things. So you chose for me to take some action then. And what does that look like? Let's have a conversation. So again, keeping it fact, keeping it very non-emotional when possible, helping them using their logic thinking brains is the ultimate goal. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me, Carrie. Such great pieces of, of information, tips and insights and resources for everybody listening. Um, I know you've got a wonderful website that's called uh, playfulwisdom.net. Is that correct? You got it. And that's where um, everyone can connect with you, find your blog posts, all the different programs that you offer for parents to help guide them and navigate their way through all of this. So if anybody is interested in, in connecting with Carrie, I will share that website link um, in the show notes here. And thank you again so much for spending time and, and helping us moms navigate through this world of the digital age and you know mm -hmm. keeping our, our children safe, but also aware of what's going on out there. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Alrighty. Take care. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Carrie Hamilton. I was surprised to learn that in the state of Washington, the recipient of the nude pictures could be charged with a felony. 
not even the sender, but the recipient. So I would encourage you to find out the laws in your own state to help you have this important conversation with your own daughter about sexting. You can connect with Carrie and see her online parenting courses on her website at playfulwisdom.net. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Unbreakable Moms podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with other Unbreakable Moms.